0: Hi. Welcome to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast, a weekly broadcast of our Sunday sermon. I am Lee Campbell-Taylor, the interim pastor here, and Covenant Presbyterian Church is an open, affirming congregation, and we're so glad you found us. Our primary mission is to equip God's people to serve Christ in the world. In our weekly messages, we hope that you'll find inspiration, encouragement, and even challenge for your faith journey. Please listen with us now.
1: First, allow me to thank you for this opportunity uh, to come before you to deposit into you what God has deposited into me on this uh, MLK Day. We MLK Day can be celebrated any day. Let's be honest about that. So I want to thank you, Pastor Lee, um, for this opportunity. I thank you for your guidance. I thank you for your mentorship, and I thank you for your friendship. I also want to thank uh, my daughter who is presently here with me. Uh, she is my number one fan and my biggest cheerleader, but she also covers me in prayer, Um, and lifted me up in prayer before we made our trek here this morning. So allow me just a few minutes to share with you what God has given me and tag the text that was read for your hearing this morning to dream on dreamer. Let us pray. Oh, God, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for this movement. We thank you for this mission to keep on dreaming. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Dream on dreamer. As I look across the sanctuary this morning and see eyes filled with anticipation and expectation, I'm truly grateful and humbled for the opportunity to speak to you about the life and legacy of the late, great Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. As he was celebrated across the nation last week, I'm reminded that yes, we've come this far by faith, and yet we still have so far to go. Allow me for the next few minutes that are mine, to share with you uh, what God has laid on my heart regarding two parallel stories that serve as a reminder that the dream has not been denied. The dream is not defeated. And certainly, the dream is not dead. But before we get too deep into what is sometimes considered a contentious discourse, In case I'm not invited back, the views, the thoughts, and the opinions expressed here today are solely my own and that of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) While in prayer and pouring over scripture in preparation for today, the story of Joseph illuminated the significance of Dr. King's dream in such a way that we don't just focus on the dream, but we give life to that of the dreamer. As a child, the story I was taught about Joseph focused on his coat of many colors and the jealousy that ensued because of the relationship he had with Jacob and Rachel, his father and mother. There wasn't much discussion or study about his dreams or the full story that we've summarized from him being thrown into the pit then wrongfully imprisoned, to ultimately making his way to the palace. As an adult, one of the things that has intrigued me as I preach this story several times is the audacity and the unmitigated gall to believe in a dream that only he could see. He shared his dream with his brothers, and they tried to kill him. He shared his dream with his parents, and though they believed him, they couldn't protect him. He shared his dream while being imprisoned and they mocked him. What does that say about the dreamer? It is my hope that you will ponder that question for the next few minutes as we explore together the dream of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. My first point is this, the dream is not denied. Joseph's brothers were not successful in their endeavor, though he was considered dead for over 13 years. However, the climax of this story is that yes, the dream may have been delayed, but it wasn't denied. Poet, playwright, social activist, and renaissance man Langston Hughes explores the question of a dream being deferred in his widely known poem, Harlem, A Dream Deferred. Concisely written, Hughes offers strong visual energy in taking the reader on a short journey into the lives of those whose dreams have been put on hold. What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun or fester like a sore and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust over like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? Now, we can all agree that there are many times a chain reaction happens due to a delayed dream. And we can also agree that a delayed dream doesn't mean a denied dream. Because God's providential nature reminds us that the things that are supposed to happen will happen. Being in prison was better than being eaten by animals or being killed, of course, but each trial pushed Joseph further away from his dreams. And just as Joseph was pushed further and further away from his dreams, those opposed to Dr. King tried to do the same thing. It didn't stop Dr. King from dreaming, marching, and protesting. It fueled the fire in him and so many others to turn it up a notch and truly live the legacy that was left. The dream was delayed, but it was not denied because his legacy lives out loud through his daughter, the Reverend Dr. Bernice A. King, who encourages each and every one of us to refuse to be disheartened, discouraged, distracted from your goals in life. His legacy lives out loud through the activism and efforts of our millennials when it comes to immigration reform and LGBTQ issues, standing up boldly on social media and other platforms so that their voices are heard around the world. His legacy lives out loud through our youth who are knocking down the lessons of hatred passed down from generation to generation to truly love their neighbor as themselves. His legacy lives out loud through pastors who cultivate faith in action, preachers that promote peace, and parents and educators who are unafraid about teaching the facts about critical race theory and not what the media says it is. As a personal side note, know that there are those that don't want to see your dream manifested, no matter what the cost is to them and no matter what damage may be done to us. The enemy sits waiting to put a stop to us before we even get started. Why? Simply because we have the boldness and the faith to believe the dreams that were deposited within us. Remember that the enemy's primary purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. It wants to steal our dreams, kill our potential, and destroy our hope. It wants to steal our goals, kill our vision, and destroy our faith. The thing is that Joseph's brothers knew that there was some truth to his dreams. And Dr. King's opponents did too. Any admission would give him more power than they wanted, but the dream was still not denied. So again... What happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? No. Or fester like a sore and then run? No. Does it stink like rotten meat? No. Or crust and sugar over like a syrupy sweet? No. Maybe it just sags like a heavy load. Or does it explode? No. It lives out loud through others through the stark reminder that a dream delayed is not a dream denied. My second point is the dream is not defeated. One could argue that we've made significant strides since picking up the mantle of Dr. King. No, we aren't marching in the streets for equal rights. We aren't trying to segregate restaurants, stores, movie theaters, or schools, and the list can go on, but we are still fighting. We are still fighting for equal pay and equity and promotions in the workplace. We are still subjected to racist ignorance on full blast, trying to drive while black, shop while black, run while black, walk while black, and even sleep while being black. Immigrant families are still separated from their children. Housing discrimination is still prevalent in lending practices, as well as race being a deciding factor when it comes to home appraisals. The school to prison pipeline still exists. There needs to be urgent action when it comes to gender equality and the rights of girls and women. And if that wasn't enough, let's add a pandemic to the mix. Domestic violence and sexual assault cases have rapidly and steadily increased all over the world. Access to resources for those in low socioeconomic areas are almost impossible with the rise of inflation and unemployment. The stakes are high and we are in an all out battle. The battlefield may look different, but the battle is still the same. As Christians, we already have a common enemy and it would behoove us to fight together on the side of justice for human rights. Considering Ephesians six twelve tells us, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places, Leaning on the powerful words of the man we honor here today, understanding that darkness cannot drive out darkness, only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate, only love can do that. The dream is still here and will not be defeated as long as we stand together in light and in love. And my last point is this. The dream is not dead. All too often, we have diluted the legacy of Dr. King by reducing him to a dream, as if he was asleep. No, he was awake. He was wide awake. Or how our millennials say it now, he was woke. Woke and ready. His dream wasn't some subconscious fantasy, it was a call to action. In my beloved covenant Presbyterian community, the dream is not dead because the dreamer is not dead. Wait, what do you mean, preacher? What do you mean the dreamer is not dead? Yes, we're here celebrating the life of a man that was assassinated on April 4th, 1968 in Memphis, Tennessee, but no ma'am and no sir, the dreamer is not dead. Joseph's brothers threw him into a pit in an attempt to deny the dream, defeat the dream, and kill the dream, but they didn't take into consideration the strength of the dreamer. The seeds that were planted during every sermon he preached, every speech he gave, every march he participated in, and every minute he served in jail strengthened Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s dream then now and for generations to come. For Genesis fifty twenty gives rise to the dreamer's prophetic voice still calling out to us from beyond the grave as a church and as a community to speak truth to power even if our voice shakes. What was meant for evil gave birth to generations of activists, advocates, agitators, disruptors, freedom fighters, trailblazers, and visionaries. Dr. King is still calling us to fight for racial and economic justice today. Dr. King is still calling us to rein in hate and violence today. Dr. King is still calling us to fight for equality as well as equity today. And especially now, as we demand the passing of the Freedom to Vote John R. Lewis Act, aimed at preventing the disenfranchisement of voters of color, Dr. King is reminding us now, as he reminded us then, that the tragedy is that we have a Congress with a Senate that has a minority of misguided senators who will use the filibuster to keep the majority of people from even voting. Mitch McConnell, I'm talking to you. Because a black vote is an American vote. It's a tragedy, all right. Our charge is not just to educate, enlighten, and empower, but no, even in a posture of nonviolence, we must also advocate, agitate, and be audacious. Regardless of race, creed, color, religion, education, sexuality, political affiliation, socioeconomic status, and yes, even vaccination status. We are commanded to keep on dreaming beyond black and white. So it's okay for people to look at you and to look at us and retort, here comes this dreamer. I encourage you to dream on, dreamer, and show up at the polls to ensure that the right man or woman is put in the White House, but also on our school boards, in our communities, in our courtrooms, and definitely in Congress. Dream on, dreamer, and get on the side of right to assist in dismantling the three evils of society, because as Dr. King stated, we must see now that the evils of racism, economic exploitation, and militarism are all tied together and you can't get rid of one without getting rid of the other. Dream on, dreamer, and help put an end to the disparities that are so pro- profoundly evident in housing, education, health care, and employment. Dream on, dreamer, and find the will to make a positive change and recognize your own biases that are woefully at work. Dream on, dreamer and march with those that are making their voices heard in the streets through protest against gun violence and police brutality. Dream on, dreamer, and teach our children that the hatred of other races and poor people is not Christ-like, since we always tend to throw the question out, what would Jesus do? Because the truth is, Jesus would probably flip tables that we keep trying to sit at. Dream on, dreamer, and collectively remove the barriers that have been put in place by those who are profiting from division and racism. So I call to each and every one of you, let us stand together. Let us dream together, with God being our helper, to serve as a beacon of light and dedicate ourselves to standing up, stepping up, and speaking up. Dream on, dreamer. Dream on. Amen.
0: Thanks for listening to the Covenant Presbyterian Church podcast. I invite you to visit our website covpresatl.org. That's C-O-V-P-R-E-S-A-T-L.org. There you'll find current worship information, links to our live Sunday morning streaming service, and our full archive of recorded services. You'll also find out more about us and how to get in touch. I wish you well in these strange times. God is with us. Grace and peace to you.